All right, y'all. It has been a while since we have done a podcast. My sincerest of apologies. My name is Victor Nieves. This is the Victor Nieves Show, and we're back. After quite the hiatus, I think it's been since maybe December since we've done a podcast again. I apologize, uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to get back in and swing a bit. <laughs> One day. One day I'm going to say that, and it's actually going to be the truth. But we will get back into the swing of it. Anyways, I want to talk about Christian nationalism today because uh, this has become quite the boogeyman term. The left loves to throw this around. But of course, before we do that, let's start off the same way we always do. Very quickly, I want to give glory and honor to the only one deserving of glory and honor. That's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you ever listen to me on one issue I hope and I sincerely pray that you will take my advice, um, give it a chance, consider consider accepting the free gift of salvation that comes through the finished work of the cross um, and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now, with that said, let's jump into this conversation because uh, the left loves to throw around baseless, undefined insults. They'll call you a fascist. Um, a homophobe. They'll call you all sorts of different things and basically never explain what they actually mean. I mean, you've experienced this undoubtedly in your life, whether you've been called a xenophobe, a homophobe, a transphobe, even in some cases, they'll call you a racist in contexts that make absolutely no sense. And you're left to scratch your head and think, what the heck, what the heck are they trying to say here? Right? I, I said I didn't want porn to be in a elementary school and they called me transphobic. I don't understand. Well, one of the terms that they've been going to very often lately, I suppose, I don't know, in an attempt to frighten the moderate voters, the people who don't really pay much attention, they use this term Christian nationalism. And until lately, they haven't defined it. But thankfully, um, some very low IQ, in my personal opinion, uh, Politico reporter went on MSNBC and decided to lay it all out for everybody. They, they give a definition of what Christian nationalism is. And to jump right into it, this lady says on national television that in order to be a Christian nationalist, there is only one criteria that you must meet. And that is a belief that your rights come not from government— but from God. If you check that box, you are now, poof, magically a Christian nationalist. Now, ironically, you don't even have to be a Christian to hold that belief. Conceivably, you could be Islamic, Buddhist, I don't know. You could be a variety of different theistic worldviews. And apparently, now, welcome to the club, you are a Christian nationalist. Now, if in fact that is the definition that we're going to be operating under going forward, I will proudly, proudly own that label. If that is what it means to be a Christian nationalist, then sign me up a hundred ways. I am a Christian nationalist. And you know what? I'm not the only one. The vast majority of Americans would also fit that criteria, and the people who mm, coincidentally happened to found our nation, folks like Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers were very clear about this. And I don't know if it's just that Politico reporters are not very intelligent human beings. I don't know if they're uneducated or if they're just intentionally dishonest. 
But I, I have to assume that this woman was vaguely familiar with the Declaration of Independence, wherein Thomas Jefferson very clearly makes reference to the laws of nature and nature's God, and he also very famously says, quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Get this, it's going to be a real shocker for the Politico folks, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. One of the most famous quotes um, in any document in all of human history, certainly of any of the documents of the American Foundation, you're talking about the Declaration of Independence. How does this woman not know that? The Founding Fathers understood that there is a power which supersedes earthly governments. Even though King George right back in the 1700s or anyone else throughout history, even though the king may say that, oh, I get to do this to you, I get to do that to you, if it's a violation of the rights that you have received from God by virtue of being a human being, which is where the the idea of human rights come from, even if the king is telling you that those rights don't exist, they remain a constant because the laws of God supersede the laws of man. But the, the folks on the left who are so freaked out by this idea of quote-unquote Christian nationalism, they want to turn government into God. Listen, everyone will always worship something. And even if you say that you may be atheist or you may be agnostic— Trust me, you have a God. Now, you might worship at the altar of yourself. You may turn government into God, but there will always be something in your life that becomes an idol. In many cases, it is, in fact, yourself, but this isn't the purpose of this conversation. The purpose of this little brief part of the conversation is to to highlight the fact that the left wants government to be God. Because if the government is the one that gives you your rights— It stands to reason that the government can also take those rights from you. And that's a very scary thought because, listen, follow with me here. I don't want anyone to clip this or take something out of context. This is their, not mine, but this is their worldview. In the 1800s, during the slave trade, there was no violation of the rights of black people. If, in fact... Government gives you your rights because at that time, black people did not have rights. I mean, you can look at Supreme Court decisions that back this idea up, like the Dred Scott decision, where the Supreme Court said, listen, no, uh, black people are not citizens. They don't have the right to sue in federal court because they don't get rights like the rest of us. If government is the one that decides who has rights and who doesn't. At that time, they simply said black people do not have rights, and that's the end of the story. There can be no violation of rights. You don't even really have a moral place to stand to say, oh, there was something wrong about that, because most of these people, they reject the idea of God, and they say your rights are just coming from some random social agreement. Well, then in that case, (laughs) for real, what's your criticism with what happened in the 1800s because there was no violation of human rights? Because your rights just come from government. They don't come from God. See how insane that is? To hold that that perspective is jaw-droppingly dumb. 
but they want to be able to take away your rights and they want to be able to say that they never even really existed in the first place because the constant that you're standing on being God Almighty, they say, no, he's not even real and blah, 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 blah. These people have lost their minds. So the founding fathers, by this definition, are all Christian nationalists. I'm a Christian nationalist. You, assuming that you haven't had horrible brain injuries in the last 24 hours are also probably uh, considered a Christian nationalist. And this kind of highlights another point, and that is that we have to kind of stop caring what it is that they call us. You know, they've used this term successfully, unfortunately, and caused a lot of Christians to start backing off. See, the only reason they even introduced this in the first place is because there's been a slight shift among Christians. More and more Christians are starting to wake up, and evangelicals, some pastors, are starting to say that our government has become horribly tyrannical. Everything around us has become immoral and degenerate, right? We're seeing what they're doing with homosexual this and transgender that, and the church obviously condemns these things. And so some Christians are starting to stand up against it and say, hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. We need to pass a law. Unfortunately, never thought we would be in this position, but we need to pass a law that says you can't expose children to porn in school. Hmm? How about that? We need to pass a law that says that you cannot go and chop off your child's penis in, in the name of gender whatever, modern gender theory. We need to pass a couple of laws to clarify a couple of moral issues, and the left is saying, no, you can't legislate morality, which is like freakishly hilarious to me, considering that is the goal of every single piece of legislation ever passed. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do when you pass a law? If not legislate morality, are you saying it's not a good thing what you're trying to do with the law? Is it is it not good? Like, why would you pass a law if you didn't think it was morally good? <laughs> you're trying to legislate morality. Don't kill people. We have that in our legal say, hey, it's a, it's a crime to cut somebody's throat and kill them. You know why? Because it's a, we're legislating morality. We're telling people this is a bad thing. You're not allowed to do it. Okay, we've done that since the dawn of time. <laughs> this is a no-no. You're going to go to jail if you do it. That's legislating morality. But they freaked out. They said, you're trying to legislate morality. And some of the Christians said, okay. Like I said, that's kind of the point. That's why we have laws in the first place. And so that one really didn't, that didn't stick, I guess, enough. So they leveled it up and they said, I, I have a good idea. Instead of claiming that they're trying to legislate morality, which is literally the point of all legislation, let's call them Christian nationalists. And I'm assuming that they're trying to do some sort of a linguistic parallel to the National Socialists or something, aka the Nazis of the 1940s, because they claim that nationalism is like the worst thing and blah, 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 which is stupid, by the way. Really quickly, allow me to address this idea that nationalism is somehow inherently bad. No, it's not. Why would it be bad? Just like anything else, it can be taken too far. I mean, you can you can become so outrageously nationalistic that you turn into like imperialist Japan. That was a problem. They, they became a little bit too nationalistic. But you can also be so devoid of any national pride that you become some self-hating liberal cesspool. And trust me, that's a surefire way to destroy a country and a culture. If you start hanging your head, oh, I hate my country so much. Are you stupid? That's dumb. Okay, that's just dumb. 
So anyways, nationalism is not inherently a bad thing. It's not inherently, I suppose, a good... It's just like anything else. It can be taken too far in either direction. There's nothing wrong with an appropriate amount of nationalism. But in the past, you know, history, fascists and stuff like that were very nationalistic. We think Mussolini and imperialist Japan and, of course, Nazi Germany. There may be a little bit of a negative connotation that's left over in the palate of the average person. So they're trying to tie in this scary term of nationalism and Christianity, which, listen, I don't know. I'm sure I have listeners of the podcast that do not share my Christian faith. And that's okay. I respect that you still listen to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy my perspectives. But I am a Christian. I make no bones about it. And there's certainly nothing negative about being a Christian. So you take two terms that one is objectively good, and one is maybe a neutral, being nationalism that's the neutral. And you stick them together, and we're supposed to treat this like it's some sort of a boogeyman. And Christians have started to move away from it. Like I said, it was somewhat successful. This push from people on the left, they've used it against pastors, and they said, that pastor over there is talking about how transgender stuff should be illegal. He's a Christian nationalist, and some of them backed off. Of course, there's a little bit of that that ties into the 501c3 status and the fact that many of these pastors are too petrified that they're going to lose their tax-free status, that they start to back away from what God actually says in preaching from the Bible. We've talked about that in previous podcasts, so I won't reiterate and regurgitate all of that, but I will say to anyone who's a pastor who's listening to this or to anyone who has the ear of a pastor, if you are afraid of the government revoking your 501c3 status so much so that you're unwilling to touch on the morality that was outlined by God, you do not worship God, you worship government. And that should be a terrifying thought if you, in fact, are a pastor. If you're so worried about what the government is going to do to you in the United States of America, give me a break, that you're going to change what you say from the pulpit, you desperately need to rethink your priorities as a pastor and as a man, okay? Just, I'm throwing that out there. If you have a pastor that's afraid of this stuff, let him know that. Also let him know, in the history of the IRS and the 501c3 tax-exempt status for churches, only one time ever has a church lost their tax-exempt status. They put out a full page or like a half page, I forget the exact, but a, a huge advertisement in one of these massive national newspapers that was an anti-Bill Clinton hit piece. So as long as you're not going so far that you're putting in a massive ad campaign against Bill Clinton, you're probably safe anyways. And the church that lost their 501c3 status got it back a couple years later. So don't allow yourself to be castrated by that. But I think that they were afraid, right? I think some of these churches and some of these Christians were afraid. Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to be in trouble. I don't want to be, uh, you know, losing my tax-exempt status or called a Christian nationalist or something like that. So they backed away. They got real scared, real freaked out. They said, we don't want to, we don't want any trouble, boss. And again, I think that that's so cowardly, but my encouragement or my recommendation, I suppose, to, to everyone out there, when they throw these terms at you, don't give them what they want. The reason that they're insulting you with these ill-defined, baseless accusations is because they want you 
to respond. They want you to defend yourself. They want to say, you're a homophobe, and they want you to go, no, I, I, I don't hate gay people. I, just, I, I, I think that, uh, 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 that, that two men should be able to sodomize each other and be married and, and have all of the legal benefits of marriage and totally spit in the face of the institution that was outlined by God. I just don't want there to be... They want you to, to immediately start backpedaling. And play the the defensive role. And there's this old golden rule of politics. I'm sure I've said this before. And that is that if you're responding, you're losing. If they can put you on the back foot it, with such ease, they just got to throw around a term, ah, oh, you're this. And suddenly you're, you're trying to defend yourself. You're losing. And you're giving them exactly what they want, which is the power of making you grovel and give this explanation as to why you're not actually the bad thing that they have claimed you to be. A much better approach is to just look at them like they're stupid. Eh, maybe apply this, I suppose, apply that part with some discretion. Don't look at everybody like they're stupid. That's just my personal preference, okay? But when they say these things, perfect example, uh, when they call you transphobic, my response has now become... What does that mean, and why should I care? Immediately, they don't know what to do. Anytime somebody has called me a transphobe and I've responded with that, they look at me bewildered because they're so used to generations of conservatives that have backed off instantly the second that they throw an accusation at, oh, no, I have black friends, I have gay friends, I'm this, I'm that. They immediately start to defend themselves. When you just stand exactly where you are and you say, I don't freaking care if you've just called me a Christian nationalist. What is that? And why should, is it bad? Tell me why. I don't care. Make them go and explain it because they never can. They don't know what these terms mean. And they certainly cannot tell you why it's a bad thing. And even if they think that they have some, oh, well, it's a bad thing to be a Christian nationalist because you shouldn't be a, a, a Christian or you shouldn't be supportive of the nation that you live in or, or, you know, whatever it might be. I don't care. Okay, call me that a hundred times. Like, whatever. If somebody calls me a Christian nationalist based on this definition, yeah, I'll stand on that. I'll say, yeah, you got that right. I am. Now what? Like, what are you going to do now? They don't know what to say. Every time. They have no idea what to say. So that's my recommendation to anyone who, you know, kind of encounters this. Um, but that's the news, I suppose. We'll keep today's podcast very, very short. I, I will, I, I say this every time, but I will resume eventually posting podcasts with a little bit more uh, of a schedule, a little bit more frequently. But let me know what you thought about it. Shoot me an email, um, thevictornievisshow at gmail.com. You can also uh, shoot me a message on Twitter, Instagram, basically any of the social media platforms. My DMs are open. If you tag me, I will probably see it on any of those platforms. Um, and I'll do my best to read all of those. Let me know what topics you want me to hit on in the future. I'm always looking for more things uh, to, uh, to make podcasts about. So anyways, until next time, keep me in your prayers. Keep your country in your prayers. God bless.